1: Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke here on WDEV-FM and AM. In the Garden today, brought to you by a list of five sponsors that make this program possible each Saturday, the Woolly Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East of Montpelier Road. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop, with flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more, located in Waitsfield. By Menard's Family Owned True Value Store, right there on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Claussen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanted Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By R Lumber, Route 15 in Walken, in business to serve you right now. family built lumber for all your projects. Check out R Lumber on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it with four locations in Vermont. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. And by Dandelion Acres in Bethel. Online at DandelionAcres.com. And Dandelion Acres bringing you the In the Garden podcast. The telephone lines are open for your questions about gardening and your comments on how things are going. 802-244-1777. The lines are open. And right now, here's the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. we got a lot of applause here for well, the yes. gallery out yeah. there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know we could fit that many people in this uh in the in the office here.
1: Oh, uh, they're elbow to elbow, let me tell you.
2: <laughs> elbow to elbow, yeah. Oh. <laughs> in our dreams. Um uh, hello. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful day out there. I know it's a little cloudy, but, you know, the there is that. Th- this time of year, there is that velvety green carpet of grasses all the way from Montpelier over here to Waterbury and all the way into Barrie and everywhere I've been driving this week. And it's a, it's such a beautiful sight, I have to say.
1: I love it when the grass gets just high enough to uh, you know, to mask over the brown leaves, I did not rake last <laughs> fall. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, there's that too. But uh, the, I'm talking more about the fields, the bigger ones. But yeah, it does. It does hide all that, all the the stuff hanging around.
1: I think we have a caller right off the bat. To, oh, okay, great. To, to great. Put us in the mood. Uh,
2: all right. First name in town. Uh, Mike from Warren. Hey, Mike. What's going on in Warren?
3: Hey, so um, I have a question concerning squash bugs. I had a a big problem with them last year, and I'm wondering if there's anything I can do at this stage to uh, help um, for this year.
2: Yeah, uh, you know um – there's a, a wide range of things you can do. One, of course, is to move where you move the location of where you're uh, planting your squash. More or less, don't plant in the same place every year. Um, the yep. second thing that you can do, of course, is to um, uh, just simply watch your plants, and you'll see them. They're fairly easy to spot, and and go ahead and either hand pick them or spray them, one or the other that that gets you off to you know to a start. Uh the third thing of course is to keep your garden as clean as possible. More or less pull up all of the old stems and anything else cuz that's they winter over in that that kind of stuff. And even though yep. uh we like to mulch for the winter uh, uh something like a straw is the best because it usually doesn't harbor too much in it when you lay it down right from the bale. It's it's not um so you, it sounds like you may have what I would call an infestation. More or less, you have a lot of them, and they're probably pretty widespread through throughout the garden. So your best bet, of course, is to is to watch for them. As soon as you see the first one, go ahead and spray it with a spinosad, or uh, that would be my first choice. And neem oil would work fine. Um, you know, any one of those things. Oh, and of oh. course, don't hesitate to hand pick them. What was the first spray you? Uh, Spinosad, uh, the brand name on that is, uh, one of them is Captain Jack's Deadbug. And it's a... Uh, oh, you, sure, okay. Yeah, you, you need uh, either a hand sprayer or, uh, uh, you know, one of the, the, the big sprayers, you know, the one gallon, two gallon sprayers. Um, you mix yep. it up. Uh, it's a couple of tablespoons in a gallon, and and then you spray every seven days for until you're okay. sure that they're gone by um once they uh the squash bugs are have bored into the the vine it's a little harder to um to handle but um so that's why uh the prevention watching closely and, and trying to prevent it in the first place is a good thing the other thing that i like and i i attribute to um as as a uh, an important part of of um my garden is, uh, training things like my cucumbers up, um, onto a trellis, more as keeping them off the ground. And as much as possible, yep. trying to keep your, your squash plants off the ground, certainly, where they're planted, even just, uh, you know, a two by two piece of plastic where, where they're planted will help to, uh, you know, keep the squash bugs away or make them easier to see, cause otherwise they'll hide in the, in uh, in the dirt and stuff.
3: So put the plastic right down, right around, down in right around the plant
2: around the plant. Yeah. Or if yep. if you have you know some new mulch, you know like like I said like a straw from a fresh bale, uh, that would work too. Um, and okay. the, you know combination or either one or you know all of them will will make a big difference for you. And they're Great. they're pretty easy to Thank control you. once you once you sort of focus in on them, you yep. you should have good luck with that. So, which kind of squash are you talking about? Winter squash or or the uh, summer
3: squash? So uh, they didn't seem to bother the summer squash. It was mm-hmm. the winter squash, and mm-hmm. I think they even got to my cucumbers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
3: yep. They yeah. like
2: squash, all varieties. That's for sure. But I, I've yeah. I've seen well, I've seen them in my zucchinis as well. You know, they'll, they'll get in there and bore right into the stem. And if, yeah. if you, if you're at that stage, you can cut uh, a, a vertical line down the stem and find it and you'll find a little, little gray slug inside there. And if you pull them out and kill them, uh, sometimes that will be enough to resurrect the plant.
3: Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much. All right,
2: Mike, uh, good luck and let me know how it goes. I will. Okay. So, um, as promised, uh, we're going to talk about uh, containers. And uh, if you have a question about uh, actually gardening in containers or if you've had experience with uh, gardening in containers, um, give us a call. Uh, container Gardening um of course is is top of the list for me this year because i, I lost half of my garden last uh, well basically a couple of years ago, but for the last two years i haven't been able to garden. I have two gardens one's uh, upper on a um, a terrace, and one's was a lower in my uh, right outside the house on the lawn um, so I lost the one on the lawn and that was i had twenty uh twenty five four by four beds there, so i've got to kind of replace them and uh, I'm going to use containers to start with and see how because it's something I've always wanted to try and to do. Uh, I've used containers before and and it's it's a lot of fun to 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 um oh, to either expand or to focus on particular crops or um, there's there's so many ways that you can use containers. Of course, you know, 2,000 years ago <laughs> in Babylon there was the hanging uh, hanging plants of Babylon that that uh, were famous as the one of the ancient wonders of the world. So it's not anything new. And certainly anybody who has house plants, which my wife has lots of, and she grows, a, um, a, you know, a wide range of big and little plants. Uh, understands that it's it's not hard to grow a plant in a container. What we're gonna, what I'm focusing on, is uh, vegetables. You know, annuals, and uh, in a in place of um, you know my outdoor garden in in uh, my garden beds, and so the containers uh, for a vegetable garden need to need a little bit more. Uh, Some more sort of a specific uh, type of container. Now you can just use a, a clay pot and grow uh, basil outside the kitchen door, or even you know mint or chives or um, any number of herbs uh, in those pots, uh, because a lot of the herbs are are um, uh, not very it don't require a, an awful lot of of watering. Um, but generally, those pots, you know, when you water them, it flows down through, it empties out the bottom, uh, and in a few days, they've dried out a little bit. What we want is we want a, a container that has a um, a reservoir. Now, you'll see these things called self-watering, and I would just like to say right off the bat that that is a misnomer, because somebody still has to put the water in the reservoir. <laughs> they, they don't collect water on their own. So um, the ones that I use, uh, it's a garden patch. Grow box is my favorite. Um, the earth box is very similar to that. Uh, any one of those that has a decent reservoir, the garden patch has a, a four-gallon reservoir. Now, that may seem like a lot, but one tomato plant during the the summer can can suck up as much as a gallon in a day. That's one tomato plant. And I usually put two in my uh, containers, and they're 28 inches long and 14 inches wide. Um, so four gallons may seem like a lot, uh, you know, at this point in time when there's not a lot of, of heat going on. But, you know, uh, when the the tomato plants really start to, to, to produce fruit and in the heat, um, they really can suck up and and uh, uh, expire out of their leaves a, a lot of a lot of moisture now it's interesting that cycle where it sucks up the um, the moisture the roots up from the reservoir and goes up the stem and then expires is actually a, a very important part of the plant's life cycle in that It is, in a sense, the heart. That's the way that the, you know, like our heart, you know, pumps uh, blood through our veins. Well, through the, you know, sucking up the moisture up through the stems and the leaves and then expiring out the leaves, you know, evaporating out the leaves. That's kind of like the heart of the plant. So it's very important that there is that water available. You know, now when you plant in the in the dirt, usually there's a, a, a reservoir of moisture down in the dirt. When you put your hand down in the dirt, um, but even with that, you know, outdoors you 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 need to plan on watering an inch a day. So instead of watering an inch a day, it's going to suck up that inch a day. And so um, even with the so-called self-watering you know you still have to watch to make sure that your reservoir is full of water and um i was surprised at how quickly i grew some squash in uh, in a couple of the um and, and I've got this spot where it's sort of a hillside and the rhubarb is on the hillside. So as the squash plants start to grow, I let them sort of trail down in and through the rhubarb after we've stopped cutting it. And so that works out really well. But I was really surprised at how quickly that reservoir emptied out. And there, there was a couple of times when I I found myself with almost a dry reservoir. So the the reservoir is is a very important feature of an outdoor vegetable garden in containers so you can um, you can buy them like a, like I was suggesting there with the garden patch uh, grow box or uh, an earth box and and each one of these had that same idea it has a reservoir and a way to suck up the moisture up from the reservoir up into the plants. Now, you can, you can actually buy these inserts that can convert just a regular pot. You know, uh, if you have a, maybe a big clay pot or one of those big plastic pots and you want to add the, the self-watering feature to it. Some of these inserts, and there's quite a variety of them. One of them looks like an accordion almost and it'll, it'll squeeze down to about 8 inches or stretch out to about 15 inches. So you can, you can, pretty much convert any one of your pots into a self-watering um, planter. And uh, so, uh, let's see, the self-watering is real important. Uh, oh, um, the the dirt that you fill it with is actually not dirt. You want a, just a regular um, uh, potting mix, which is uh, peat moss, vermiculite, and perlite. Um, and because, of course, the peat moss and vermiculite perlite is a pretty acidic, you want to go ahead and put a, a handful or even a, a half a cup of dolomite lime in there to sweeten it up a little bit and then see with with the container right when you fertilize. And the water is going to go down through the container, like in a house plant goes down through the container. Well, then all that fertility is is washing down and out, you know, with the with the watering. So you you know whether it's house plants or you're going to uh, plant um, herbs in your container, you want to make sure that you're um, regularly once a week or once every couple of weeks, depending on which one uh, kind you use you want to make sure that you're regularly fertilizing, you know, so so it replaces the, the fertilizer that you're washing out every time you water. Now with the um uh with the like the garden patch, um I put down actually sort of a, a oh right through the center, oh about a two inch band of of fertilizer and you can use the Pro or any sort of, of uh organic or um, uh, fertilizer. Um, the garden patch has an organic fertilizer that comes with it, and you can. Uh, but when you want to replace it the next year, you can use about a two-inch band of ProGrow right down through the middle of it at the top, and then it soaks down through and, and fertilizes for for most of the season. If you if you have a real heavy feeder um, like your tomatoes, then every couple of weeks you might want to spray them. It's a good idea to spray them with a uh, a foliar feed of of um, um, the uh, sea kelp and fish emulsion, and that'll keep things uh, going real well. So you have your you have your pot, you fill it with the dirt, and then you're ready to plant. And uh, do you want to take a break now, Joel, or you want to OK, we'll take it back up with planting.
1: Right after these words from the five sponsors that make our program possible.: Meet all of your gardening needs and desires at Dandelion Acres in Bethel. Make a statement with trees and shrubs. Grow your own vegetables and fruits with a selection of veggie starts, fruit trees, and berry bushes. And add color with annual and perennial flowers, including lush flowering hanging baskets. Don't forget the accents, unique statuary, pottery, and garden furniture. Plus, soils, fertilizers, and mulches. Everything you need, and lots of things you want, in one place. Dandelion Acres in Bethel, online at dandelionacres.com. And, Peter, we have online uh, Norm in Bristol.
2: Oh, hey, Norm. How are you today?
3: Oh, uh, fine. How are you? Good. What's going on? Uh, well, I just got around to getting my nephew to possibly come down and rototill my garden, and I <laughs> guess I'm not going to get it done because it started raining. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I have a question about that horticultural oil. Yeah. I've asked a couple of places down here in Addison County if, they had it, and they said that they, they didn't even really know what it was.
2: Really, uh, sometimes they they call it miscible oil. Um, How do you miscible? How yeah. do you call that? Uh, M I S C I B L E miscible oil. Okay. Um, uh it's horticultural oil. You can't find it. Um, interesting, because it's uh it's a it's She's. Uh, I remember my dad doing using missable oil back. Um, you know when I was seventeen, eighteen. is it's it's a fairly common. Uh, let me see. I wonder. I wonder why they don't. Well, maybe they don't have a lot of people that that grow fruits. I guess. I mean. Uh, yeah. Let me just see here. Um.
3: Oh boy. I think I got it in Agway. W- where were you looking? Paris Farms down here in Middlebury mm-hmm. and a place up here in uh, Bristol. Uh, but they didn't sell a lot of stuff anyway. So the gardens, they a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but they didn't mm-hmm. know what it was mm-hmm. either. So, yeah, so. Uh,
2: let me see. Horticultural oil. Uh, sometimes it's it, you, uh, you can use a. Um, uh, just see what insecticidal soap instead, but that's probably just as um uh it's probably just as i I can see it here on amazon yeah. um yeah you know, yeah it's it maybe they maybe look for insecticidal soap that might be okay. what um what they they have it under because uh both of those are used okay. I just wonder
3: if there was a special brand name or something that I should ask for. <laughs> yeah,
2: you know. uh, Bonite, I believe yeah. has one. the The one I'm looking here is called uh, uh, Mope, Moped, M-O-P-E-D-E. <laughs>
3: Mo like moped.
2: Yeah, like moped, but with the e at the end.
3: <laughs> oh, the e at the end. Okay. Yeah.
2: And, and uh yeah it's, it sure looks like it should be available um All right. i don't know if you if agway. you shop online but check agway um and yeah. see if they they have it under one uh actually i'm stopping at agway on on my way home um i'll i'll double check there and make sure that they have it
3: yeah. Well I've got one right here in Middlebury and not in well, I'm not in Middlebury, I'm in Bristol, but yeah, I go yeah. to Middlebury occasionally. Yeah,
2: yeah, that'll probably do yeah.
3: the trick. Yeah. All right. All right, and good. So, so what is that horticultural oil used mostly on? Is that fruits? Uh
2: yeah, fruits, um uh, fruit trees and it's uh, you spray the, the stems. This is before the leaves come out and before there's a oh, blossom. This so it's is too late now then. Oh uh do you have do you have uh blossoms already?
3: I've got blossoms on the trees uh the pear trees uh let me see no they're not open yet but they're in full full bud mode you know Yeah so that's I, all right just lot of the other trees Just
2: just uh, you spray the bark from uh mostly anyway that's the important thing is okay. just to spray the bark
3: coat the coat the bark uh,
2: yeah because that's where those uh, those particular critters live until um, until the fruit fits,
3: Right. Okay. All right. I'll try that then. I'll maybe just call up Agway today and see if they do yeah. have it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right, buddy. Thanks for the call.
2: Okay, have a good Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm testing out call? that. Can you see that machine in yeah, front of me? I can.
2: You you not oh, you want me to touch the screen or something?
1: Oh, okay. No, I I goofed, I guess, uh, um, because I wrote up all the information, but I think I did it wrong. (laughs) What I was trying to write on it is Dennis in Montpelier with questions on container gardening. That's what I tried to do.
2: (laughs) In Montpelier. All right, Dennis. What's going on? What's your questions on a container? Uh,
0: Can you hear me okay?
2: I can hear you just fine.
0: Okay, good. Uh, Yeah, I... My whiskey barrels. My wife stopped drinking, so my whiskey barrels are just <laughs> rotted out. So, so I, I did see on Amazon these uh, cloth bags yeah. with the handles built in. Yeah, and I thought I've ordered some of those, and I thought those sure. they're, they're cheap. Yeah, yeah, and they they act like they they last a while.
2: Well, uh, uh, cheap is is actually their 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 best virtue. Um, they they don't have a reservoir, which which means you're going to have to water probably well, you know, frequently, and yeah. that that'll be your, no, your your main challenge was to keeping them moist enough, and because you're watering frequently, you're going to have to make sure that you, um, you know, keep up the fertility in them too. So, okay. And, but with those, those are pretty easy things to do. And like you say, they're certainly inexpensive enough. And, you know, what were you planning on growing in it?
0: Well, I'd like to get back to doing tomatoes, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: the, the tomatoes I grew for a couple of years in a row got the black spots. You know, oh, they got that yeah. disease.
2: The blight, yeah. Do
0: they, do they have a disease proof? Tomatoes
2: now? Well, not not disease proof, but certainly disease resistant. And I've found that actually cherry tomatoes are far more resistant than any of the other tomato varieties. Um, and so, I, I of course I grow a lot of cherry tomatoes just because I, I like to have them as soon as possible. And uh, so that's a, a good bet. Now with any. Um, you, you should probably use the, um, the bush type, uh, varieties in that. Unless you have a really good trellis to set up. My, my tomatoes usually run at least six foot. Um, and in a grow bag, it's kind of hard to set up a trellis like that. So if yeah. you use one of the, you know, one of the regular cages, you know, tomato cages, uh, you want to make sure that you um, use the uh, bush type uh, variety of tomatoes. So, so make sure when you you know when you buy your sets, or your tomato starts, that you, that they are bush varieties. Oh, okay, okay, and that and that yeah. is if you have the cage in there, you can let one uh, or two of the side shoots, you know, one of the suckers develop but after that you should pull all the suckers out just like you would okay but you can let one or two grow and that will fill out that cage really nicely um, and depending on the size of the the bag uh, you know is it probably what 13 14 15 inches around these
0: are these are uh, 20 gallons so they're 20 inches across.
2: 20 inches huh
0: hmm? yeah you can get them even bigger than that
2: yeah yeah Um, so 20 inches, you should probably able to get two of the cages in there, but even that might be, you know, might be pressing it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, that's, uh, there certainly are popular, um, because they're, they're so inexpensive to, to start with. And I, um, I've used them, but. Uh, it's it's a real challenge to keep up with the watering, so that's just be forewarned that you're going to have to watch that real close. Yeah,
0: that's that won't be a problem for me. I'm oh, good. Pretty close to
2: it. All right. Well, well thank you I, very much. Yeah, sure. Let me know how it goes. Okay. Thank. Oh, you. Oh, and for the late blight. Now the late blight is late in the summer, right? And yeah, right. It, it, if if you're concerned about it and if you know if you hear on the either on this show or just in the news that there is a late blight it's very simple to spray um you know with a copper uh and uh, uh copper spray and that that will stop the late blight of course one of the other things is you want to make sure that you're taking those those uh, suckers out so that even though you're letting a couple suckers grow, you do have good airflow through, you know, through the uh, because you know the if the dew from the morning sitting on the leaves doesn't dry out during the day, then you're more likely to have a problem with uh, bacteria and, and viruses and, and that kind of stuff. What, what
0: what kind of spray?
2: It's a it's a copper sulfate uh, spray, um, you know that that uh, kills them. Kills the little late blade. Okay. And, Thank you very much. Yeah. Good luck. Yep. Let, let me know. Bye. Yep. Tomato bags. That was that was on the bags.
1: Let's see if Dude. I got that
2: hey, contraption I see done yet. Randy and Walton. Hey. Good afternoon, Peter. <laughs> um, the
4: fellow that was looking for the oil. Yeah.
1: It's,
4: it's called dormant oil.
2: Dormant. dormant.
4: Yeah, and I got it at Agway and Middlebury.
2: Oh, okay. And
4: it's listed on the label just as mineral oil.
2: Yeah, that's all it is, really. But it's so, in a particular, you know, it's, it's. I don't think it's straight 100%. I think it's thinned down with something. But anyway, yeah, there you go, dormant well, oil. Well,
4: there's that. And then on container gardening, I, I called last year and, and said I, I actually picked up beside the road two um, kiddie pools. Oh yeah, yep, out. yep. And I took a pitchfork and punched some holes in the bottom. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got garlic and leeks and shallots <laughs> growing in one right
2: now. Oh, that's great! I love it. I, you know, I, I. There's two books that I recommend for container gardening. one, of course, is the tried and true from Ed Smith, the, the, the previous in the garden uh, host. Okay he has the vegetable gardeners container bible and it's a great book it's a great read and wonderful pictures and very well done and it was um it's it's a um it's a great book and you can probably yes, find man, it in the right at the library and the other one is a new one from Chelsea green which is the vertical veg guide to container gardening by also a smith mark risdal smith and both of them are, are just wonderful reads, uh, fun to, fun to look at the pictures and all the, uh, the, uh, the vertical veg. Now he, he's, uh, he lives in London. So, you know, you, you do have to translate a little bit. He calls eggplants something different and, uh, you know, see. <laughs> You do have to to uh, to translate a little bit, but you know, other they than barrows that, or something, yeah, something that. like that. Right, yeah. Yeah. But the uh, but just the uh, the the wonderful array of containers which your swimming pool reminded me of. Uh, one <laughs> just a remarkable array of these different uh, uh, containers that he uses. It's just uh, you know he just fills up. Of this little space he just has a you know like a brownstone in 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 the city and he grows stuff up over the you know up over the door and you know in planter boxes outside the window boxes you know and then right along the the sidewalk he has these other things I mean it's just it's a jungle it's a jungle of, of vegetables and and uh, it's a great book. Garlic uh,
1: and, and leeks in the kiddie pool. <laughs>
2: yeah. When I was little,
1: I was told, "Don't take any leeks in the kiddie pool." But that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Randy is. You'll be advised. Yeah,
3: also, <laughs> well,
4: people are out uh, buying uh, things for the backyard. Um, years ago, we quit using the glyphosate for, for weed control. Yeah, and I've got a weed killer. That uses a gallon of 30% vinegar, Yeah, two two cups of Epsom salts, and a quarter of a cup of Dawn dish detergent.
2: Okay, so vi- vinegar. It's
4: a gallon of vinegar. One gallon. And we use 30%. It's stronger. You can get it at Home Depot, uh, Tractor Supply, and probably even Agway. Mm-hmm. Order it. Yeah. Uh, two cups of Epsom salt, which is basically magnesium sulfate. Yeah and a quarter cup of Dawn uh, dish detergent. And you spray it on when it's dry, and pre- preferably when the sun's out. And it basically, it it kills all the green. It doesn't prevent it from coming back forever, but it sure is non-toxic. hmm
2: yeah. So that's... A, mark used... that
4: one down on your list of environmentally <laughs> somewhat friendly.
2: <laughs> home remedies, home remedy Over. weed killer, huh?
4: Well, stay well and
2: appreciate your show all right Randy thanks for the call uh, so a um, couple things that sort of touched on on the container gardens was um, there's varieties well, as you want to make sure um, that you're you're going for the smaller varieties of vegetables Um and particularly like with a tomato, you want to make sure it's a bush tomato so that you don't have a six foot tomato, you know, falling all over the place. Unless of course you've got a uh, some sort of a trellis worked out with your container, then, then, uh, then you're fine. You can grow an indeterminate or whatever type you want, but for the most part you want to use a, a bush variety or, or something that's made for a container like a tom thumb or, and there's all kinds of, of, um, uh, varieties that work well for that. So when you go to the store to pick up your tomato plants, uh, just keep an eye towards that, maybe even ask if they know which ones work best in a container. Um, and then also, say, like if you're growing green beans, you want to make sure it's bush beans, not a pole bean. You know, those are makes a big difference. Um, if you're planting uh, things like, uh, uh, oh, uh, your peppers and your eggplants, uh, you, you probably want something like a tomato cage because, you know, once the fruit starts to form, they get a little heavy and they start to fall over. And that's something that I've done even in my outdoor garden. I always, uh, I actually just take a bamboo stick and push it down in near the stem and, and tie it up to that because otherwise they, they can uh they can fall over pretty easily with a with a hard rain or, or a hard wind um the other types of things is uh oh there are a lot of uh, smaller varieties of of uh, lettuces and uh basically anything you grow in the outdoor in your regular garden you can grow in a container you just want to make sure that you you know that you're uh going for a little smaller varieties um, of the big plants like the tomatoes. Now, uh, as far as lettuces, there's just almost no kind of lettuce that you, you need to avoid. Everything works well. Um, you can tuck in a lettuce or two around your tomato plants down at the bottom just to use up some of that space, uh, even stick in a couple of carrot seeds because uh, the tomatoes love the carrots uh, growing down to, underneath them. Um and, uh, oh boy, there's just so many things that you can, well, everything, everything. Uh, but I like to sort of focus on the things that are, that are either good for uh, a fresh salad. You know, like a, a leaf to leaf to uh, leaf lettuces, you know, because they, you can just pick the outer leaves of them and make a salad from three or four different heads and three, you know, a little variety of stuff. Or you can use a mix of uh, masculine stuff. You know, where you have a lettuce uh, mix or a mustard mix or a Chinese Asian mix and, um, and you can plant those in one of your planters and, and get a, a wide variety of, of, um, of leaves. And, oh, even some of the, the edible flowers like, um, um, uh, you can plant in, in one of them. And it is great to, to, uh, put you know uh, a lot of your your herbs in uh, in a simple container right outside the door so you can have like your your basil plant and then another one for for thyme or mint or chives any things that you like to use to cook with um uh certainly the coriander for the um you can plant uh for cilantro parsley that's a great one to have nearby uh for, for you know, for making uh, making dinner, um, I like uh, chard is a great one in a container, and uh, 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 like I said, I, I actually grow uh, winter squash in uh, um, you know the butternut squash in a container and let that come right out of the pot and just work its way down the hillside so that works out real well but there are a lot now of varieties of of um of squashes of winter squashes that are uh, you'll see them they're, they're marked as bush varieties so if you can find one of those that's um, that's even better because it'll all be confined to the one the one pot oh you know, uh, for me, I like the the smaller tomatoes. Uh, the Jet Star is a great one. That's a that's a bush one. It's one that uh, Ed Smith always liked. And um, oh boy, you know, arugula—that's great. A lot of people really like arugula in their in their salads. And uh, let's see. Oh, chard—you can use both as a um as a early small leaves or let it grow and and cut the bigger leaves um radishes and turnips and uh, are great to to grow because you can use both the and beets you can you both use the the greens as well as the um as well as the the root you know the radish uh turnip or you can You know, pick around some of the leaves off uh, to add to your salads or, you know, those things are good cooked as well. Um, So there's really a wide variety of things that you can grow in a container outdoors instead of of in a garden. So if you don't have a good spot, you know, you can use one of these, say, on on your deck or even – if you have a spot that's like a gravel pathway or something, you could, you can run that right along there, uh, because you don't need good soil underneath it all. You can set it right on, uh, right on the deck or, or right on a, you know, a part of your driveway you don't use or, you know, any one of those, any one of those spots. And you can actually move them, although when they have four gallons of water, they aren't easy to move, but, you know the water reservoir is, is uh, almost empty. You can move them around if you need to. Uh, also, a lot of these have actually available uh, wheels that you know if you if you have sort of just a, a very narrow band of sunny. Sun, you know, coming down on your house, you could actually put them on wheels and move them as they as the day goes along. <laughs> but um, uh, that's not something I need to do because I got good sun, you know, right from from first light. Um, there are, uh, well, let's see. Oh, I saw one that sort of surprised me was the Jerusalem artichoke. They were growing those and I thought, oh, you know, that might be a great idea because the Jerusalem artichokes are just like a weed, you know, in the garden once you plant them. So if you could plant them in a container, they'd be sort of self-contained. It's just like oregano. Oregano is just a big weed. Uh, once you put that in your, in your garden, it's everywhere. Um, and we have, uh, we have some of the uh, time, the creeping time, and and <laughs> that is now creeping everywhere. Every time you turn around, there's one growing in the pathway somewhere. And uh, uh, I sort of look forward to doing a whole variety of of tomatoes, kind of uh, Joel, like your like your brother, doing a wide variety of. Boy, things.
1: he has containers everywhere, yeah. and his deck is even larger now. For some reason, that had it expanded. <laughs> He's essentially got no land. He's on the side of a mountain. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. You take any kind of walk in the woods, it's either way up or uh-huh. way down. You know, so <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like a sh- kind of chalet design place. But the deck around it is uh, is incredible, and all those containers, are amazing. Yeah. And he grows. Virtually everything, yeah. especially the heirloom yeah. tomatoes, and I just mentioned that I take time away from you just for a second yeah. because uh, if you're trying to experiment with things, no better way than with the containers, you know, yeah. because you have complete control over each one. If they, yeah. if these require less water and others require more water, or mm. more or less fertilizer, you know, mm. you could you could really isolate them. Mm.
2: Mm, that's neat. So does he uh, does he use a trellis or like a tomato cage? Uh, On occasion, yeah, I I've, I've seen sticks in there and he would tie them. I haven't really
1: seen tomato cages, but I've seen trellises, yeah, what
2: about mm. there? Yeah. Mm. The trellis is interesting uh, like the uh, the garden patch grow box, they have a trellis that they, you know, they they sell for it. I, I think it's maybe a little pricey, it's 30, 30 bucks for a trellis. Um and you can you know, you have to grow a lot of tomatoes to make that worthwhile. But mm-hmm. um, you, you use use it year after year. But uh, the tomato cage, um, if you're using that, uh, you, you almost have to. Well, you know, you you sink it down in and secure it. You know, down in the and it, and those will work okay. Uh,
1: the neat thing about uh, the containers, at least my brother's containers, up mm-hmm. high on a deck, mm-hmm. a very high deck is, uh, yeah, you know, you'll you'll get critters come up there, you know. Oh, yeah. However, the little ones, the moles and the voles and those oh, things, yeah. they're not around, you know. <laughs> just, uh, you know, just the big ones.
2: You know. <laughs> just the big
1: critters. Well, yeah, occasional bear even.
2: You know. No, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I don't think bears like tomatoes, so you're you're okay. That well, way. they they search
1: around. There are other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: So So, um, say like an eggplant. Instead of growing the full-size eggplant, you know, grow one of the Japanese ones or one of the the, the egg-size ones that that are white. That way, you know, you don't have to. You know, you've got a smaller variety and it's a little easier to mm-hmm. to take care of. And then uh in, in Ed's book, and I thought it was really quite sort of artistic in a way, he was growing, you know, a variety of things together in one in one container. Kind of to you know, um like the basil and parsley together, you know, that that was that was sort of like his Italian container. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: And, uh, um, well, back in my neighborhood in the Bronx, a lot of Italian families and uh, they brought some of the ways with them. You know, this, I'm going mm-hmm. back to the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So this was the first, uh, you know, generation of immigrants, the parents of a lot of my friends and certainly their grandparents. Well, they'd grow all the Roma tomatoes right there in the front yard, oh, you yeah. know, in containers as well.
2: yeah. yeah but, well this this one that uh, one of the ones he has is is a uh, a basil parsley and an eggplant you know all grown together in one and then he's got another one that's like a, a tom thumb sort of cherry tomato with all these different kinds of lettuces the you know the red sails and uh, you know the bib lettuce and so you know it's interesting and and then uh one of the other ones he's got um, the some hot chili peppers you know with uh, cor- um, uh, uh, with a bush basil and uh you can see that it, that they had fun fun coming up with these different mixes of of um you know different things and kind of set each other off. Something a little bigger, a little smaller. You know, I can see. Uh, well, like I mentioned, the tomato plant and a few carrots around it. You know, there's uh, tomatoes love carrots. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So as you're thinking about containers, you know, uh, check out these books. You know, the the both the Smiths. Uh, the vegetable gardener's container bible and the uh the vertical veg container guide to container gardening those are really great books and uh there's you know i, I really didn't find much online that i thought was particularly helpful i mean it's just seemed like everybody's idea of a container was well how do you fill it you know with with what so it's real simple you know you're just you take your container and fill it with uh, a potting soil. Make mm-hmm. sure you have some compost there and fertilizer and water away and then plant and that's mm-hmm. it. That's all I have to do. I had a question from somebody that asked me and I said, well, it may
1: not be that pretty. They live in an area where, um, they have a little bit of uh, garden space out back mm-hmm. and uh, it's a, I guess it must be a condo association but uh, the director of the association come, came by with their with their uh uh, landscaping guy and mm-hmm. put mulch over almost everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, a lot of people want to plant stuff back there. And someone asked me, can I just put my compost over their mulch when I plant something? Will it, will it, uh, you know, moisten down and go down like tea or should they just yeah. rake all the comp, the, the, the mulch away?
2: The only thing you have going against you is that sometimes that mulch is uh, pretty acidic. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're probably better off to rake it back yeah. and then plant and and leave it there. But you know, plant your your seeds yeah. in a in a spot where you put your compost. You'll yep. probably mm-hmm. be better off that make,
1: way. Makes make, make sense. Just looking for an easy way.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in theory you could, but I just I don't think the yep. plants would like that. um, Just because it's it's. Uh, it's a little ascetic.
1: Maybe the association wouldn't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> <And> depends, on, <laughs> depends on the THC level of what you're planting back there, my friend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's legal though. Yeah, that's legal. Yes, so absolutely. Plant. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, let's well, see there. Yeah, the one year that I did experiment with that, I, when the first year it became legal, I thought, well, I should learn something about it. It's not one of it's not anything that I do, but I thought I should learn about it. And I used a you no know, good size container, mm-hmm. and I planted three plants. And it. it turns out I probably should have just planted one, but mm. three plants. And oh my gosh, you know there was yeah. That's the year I learned that it wasn't for the leaves; it was for the buds. buds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so it's funny. I'm, a,
1: I'm I'm a you know a really. I go so counter to the grain of hippie You look mm-hmm. at me and I've got a kind of long hair and <laughs> beard and look like I just got back from Woodstock, but I've never, never been into that, you know. I mean, so I've, I haven't yeah. tried to grow, no interest in growing. Yeah. If I could figure out some way to grow switchback, now that would be, <laughs> that, that would be a whole different story. I'd have, I'd have the back uh, 40 acres. But, uh, you know, the, the evil weed is, uh, yeah. never, never really, uh, Well, you could try uh, to grow
2: hop. You know. There
1: you go. You yeah.
2: know, I have one neighbor who grows hops. And, and, um, it's a very uh, pretty plant, too, isn't it? Well, it's it's a big vine. Yeah. Usually it's just growing right straight up. It's green, and then it has the, the blossoms at yeah. the top. So it's not not too ornamental, but, I mean, it looks a lot like a pot plant, mm-hmm. frankly, and it, it's in the same family as, as the pot. I must
1: be thinking of something else. There's something that's associated with beer that... Uh,
2: well, yeah. Yeah, was it the,
1: was it the wheat beer that I like? It could be. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. wheat. I like wheat beer. The, uh, <laughs> there is such a thing too. What's the
2: brand of it? Though? But anyway,
1: yep, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of like uh,
2: hops and barley though. Barley, you
1: know, yeah. yeah. Bar, barley is a nice looking plant. Yeah, yeah I like them. Yeah.
2: yeah, yep. Well, you know, theoretically, you could grow, grow uh, some barley in one here, you know, and hops <laughs> in one of the others. <laughs> Tie the hops up to the side of the house and. And uh, when you were all ready, just uh, you know, cut it down, and you could harvest.
1: We, uh, my 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 uh, college uh, days at uh, at uh, Middlebury, with one of the, one of one of our guys mm-hmm. in our fraternity, went on to become a master home brewer. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, let me tell you, if when you, if you do it right, and you experiment and you find the things that you like. Uh, what a wonderful hobby because it's you can make some yeah. absolutely wonderful stuff. And I think that's the genesis and inspiration for so many of the, uh uh you know, of the uh, small breweries oh. that are here in Vermont. Yeah, you know, absolutely. People grew up knowing that, uh, yeah. you know, as a home brewer you can do something and then you end up with businesses like Switchback and yeah. all yeah. the many others that have brought Vermont uh, quite the reputation for its uh, craft <laughs> beers. <Yeah. laughs> Yep. But now there are 53 pot shops apparently around the state. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, my, yes, yeah. There's uh, there's three in Montpelier all by itself. So, and, um, Let's see. There's a couple. Oh, uh you know what you, uh, one of the ones that uh, I'm going to try this year. I didn't try it last year, but the um, uh celery. Celery is one uh-huh. of the things that I really like. I mean, I use a lot of it. Uh, it's sort of the 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 French uh uh, flavor is Oof. the the celery, the carrots, and the onions.
1: Did I ever tell you I hate celery?
2: I get riddle rude anything, <laughs> even a salad. Don't like
1: it. In, I pick it out of soup even after it's soft. But we're, we're pretty much out of time. But we do have somebody on the line, so I will shut up at this point. I clearly am not adding anything to the conversation. But we do have a caller, so we'll make this our final caller. For uh, Peter Burke on uh, this week's In the Garden, you are on the air. Your first name in town.
4: I'm Cindy from North Fauston. Hi, up. Cindy. Again, hi. Um, quick question. You guys were talking about barley, yeah. and I've never grown barley. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how it grows or how tall it gets or anything, but I would think it would be wonderful to just grow barley because I like to eat
0: barley. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs>
2: How, yep. how do, you, how does it grow? Well, I, it's, it's just like wheat, more or less. It's a grass and it grows up a little, you know, a couple feet and, right. uh, um, it's, it's easy and you can get the seeds, uh, from, uh, Johnny's seeds. I noticed that they, uh, offer barley as one of their green manures, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, you just plant it like, uh, anything else in the, in the garden, let it grow up over the season, and then when it turns brown, just, uh, you have to winnow it, you know, you have to sort of beat yeah. the heads a little bit so you get all the chaff and stuff off of it. But then you got barley.
4: And it grows in one season?
3: Yep, yeah.
4: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jeeps have never grown barley before, but I love to eat barley.
2: Well, I'd, if you grow grow it, give me a call. I'd love to hear about it. Well, okay. Of course, uh, um, Joel's going to make it into into uh, mix it with the hops, and
0: <laughs>
1: probably have a big explosion in Malatzae if you...
0: <laughs> Well, maybe I'll share some of my barley. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it,
2: it takes a lot of room to grow grain, you know.
0: It takes a lot of what?
2: Room, a lot of space. Oh, know? okay. Well, so, I could
4: do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I that, would li- and how tall does it get?
2: Uh, that's a couple of feet. It's just like okay. wheat. Yeah, it oh. grows like a grass.
4: Yeah. Oh, I think that's that's going to be my new adventure. All
2: oh, right. Well, that's yeah. Great.
4: yeah. All right. Well, so,
2: thanks for the call, Cindy.
4: All right. Thank you. I'll talk to you later, Joel.
2: Well, Okie okay <laughs> doke.
4: Bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> okay. Bye bye.
1: Okay, I guess we are uh, to the final words section. Good program today. I've learned an oh. awful lot. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. So if uh, if you're going to try c- container gardening, uh, let me know how it goes. I would really uh, love to hear how things go for you, and uh, I'll let you know as I progress this season. Um, I have grown a few things in in containers, but I'm going to do oh, probably six of the. Of the containers, as I gradually uh, learn to to replace my uh, 24 beds. Uh, if I was going to do containers in 24 beds, I'd probably need a hundred of them. But um, <laughs> I'll start with a with a half a dozen. <laughs> and uh, so, if you're you don't have a place to garden, consider a container. If you do have a place to garden, consider a a container for those sort of oddball things or troublesome things or new things that you want to try. Um, And like Joel's brother, if you have a big old deck, we'll grow some tomatoes, for Mm heaven's sakes, (laughs) in the garden, (laughs) in the container. Yes, (laughs) in the container
0: garden. (laughs) Inch by inch, row by row. Gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row. Someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down.
1: In the garden with Peter Burke today has been brought to you by the Willie store. Family owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway right there on East Montpelier Road. By V's Flower and Garden Shop, flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, house plants, potting supplies, and more in Waitsfield. By Menard's Family Owned True Value Store, on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester, top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By p Lumber, they are in business and ready to serve you. Route 15 in Wolcott, PNR Lumber, family milled lumber for all your projects. You can check them out on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations in Vermont to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel on Vermont 107. They bring you the In the Garden podcast and they're online, dandelionacres.com. Join us next Saturday at 1230 during the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke.
0: Rain comes ¡Gracias!